Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Four minutes past one on SENZ Friday afternoon with Stephen McIver nationwide and also on the SENSENZ app wherever you are around New Zealand or the world. Good afternoon to you. It is a lovely day in the city of Sars where we are, where, what do you call it, HQ, SENZ HQ is... The command centre for the battleship. I'm talking to intelligent people this afternoon, way more intelligent than myself. Speaking with Michelle Cox earlier and James McConey. And now if you want to know anything about motoring, specifically historical but modern V8 supercars, my next guest is a, a genius. He knows he's got a mind like a trap. He knows everything about supercars. He also works for SEN uh, as our V8 supercars commentator. Aaron Noonan joins us right now. G'day, mate. Hello, Stephen. Nice to chat with you, mate. That is one big pump-up. I'm not sure that I can live up to your hype there. That's very big time. Well, Well, I was thinking about this. The, the first and only time we've ever uh, set eyes on each other, sounds a bit romantic, I know, was a, bath, a Bathurst pre-COVID, and you were running a historical display at Bathurst, correct? Correct. Yeah, exactly. Great memory. Yeah, yeah. I, well, it's yeah. about the only thing I can remember, man. I'm not that. I'm not that sharp anymore. <laughs> but I and I and may I say, congratulations on uh, V8 Sleuth and what is happening on that website because uh, and what you are doing with uh, motoring in Australia and around the place because it is an incredible source of information for dum dums like me to stay on top of what's going on. So well done, buddy. Well, thank you, mate. We've. Uh been chipping away for a while and then now being part of the SEN family as well with uh, commentating the supercars action over the course of the year has has clicked that all together pretty well. So there's a bit going on, I think you could probably say, in supercars with five rounds in, 15 races down. And um, if you're a Ford fan, you're upset. If you're a GM fan, you're thrilled. And uh, there's all sorts of off-track shenanigans going on as well. Isn't there there always, Aaron, let's, let's talk about the product that we are seeing. Are you convinced that Gen 3 is the real deal? Oh, I mean, there's no other option from a supercar's perspective. I mean, we do get a lot of people suggesting that perhaps with the departure of Holden and therefore no more Commodores and the end of the previous generation of supercars, that supercars should just go to GT cars, GT3 spec cars. Mm. But the reality is with that, that you would put hundreds of people out of jobs here in Australia um, and in the supercars community because they're, in essence, uh, dial a car, dial a part. You you need a a new part for your Audi or your BMW or your Lamborghini or whatever it is you're racing. You just call overseas and order it and pay the invoice, whereas here the cars are built, constructed, and uh, the the chassis are built in Australia. The engines are produced by Australians. Obviously, there's a lot of Kiwi involvement. 
um, in race teams and in the people who are involved in this. So, I mean, I think it's the right way to go. Clearly, there's fine-tuning required. There's, there's no doubt about that. And supercars are, are not hiding from that. They're, they've put in massive amounts of work with both Ford and GM for the, for the Camaro to try to get these things in line with, um, because the category is all about having the cars the same. And that's difficult when the engines are now so different. At least previously, they were the same size, same architecture. Uh, now they're different size, different technology. So trying to bring all that together and keep everyone happy is really hard. So they're working on it, but there's, there's work to be done for sure. Have they got it wrong when it comes to cost? We were, under, we were of the understanding that the whole idea of sort of going to, you know, the one make feel, feel, let's talk about that, was going to save teams money. But I'm hearing whispers that's just, it's, it's not what it's supposed to be. No, that, that's right. But that was, to be honest, 10 years ago when we went to the previous generation of car and made that last change, that was also the same instance where mm. what it was thought it was going to cost never was. And of course, since then, with all of the everything costs more these days, the, the post blowout of COVID and, and the like. So yeah, it's not cheap to build and race a supercar these days. So uh, the hope is though, that the way that these cars are, the engines are different. They should go for longer. It's going to just take a little while okay. to bring that cost back. But obviously there's the initial outlay to build all new cars, new engines from two suppliers. So there's one supply for all the GM Camaro engines and one for all the Ford engines. So that's a bit of a difference from okay. in the past where some teams would look after their, their own engine program. And, and that's about bringing down the cost. But it's going to take some time for that cost to come back to them over the course of a year or two. All right. I, I, I will say, though, I do enjoy the racing, uh, although it's not as exciting because you've got uh, – well, you've got different teams, but they look – cars look mean, they look beastly on the track, and it's great. So let's talk about SVG, the defending champion. He doesn't look like a happy driver full stop. He's sitting third in the championship. He's not that far away, you know. Gets a couple of wins, he'll be leading the championship again. But do you see him unhappy constantly? Simple answer is yes. Uh, he does not look like a happy chap this year, and he's been vocal. He's not a fan of the cars. He's keen to help with um, putting together this drivers' association that they've been sort of informal in the past. This. There's no, um, it's not like with uh, the various football codes or cricket and other, there's no drivers association per se, um, like there is in other sports. So they're working on that. But yeah, he has not looked happy all year from um, from basically the get-go. So um, he's not a fan of the cars. He's been very vocal and that's been well publicised. But the other thing here too is that's really interesting He's just headed off to the States. He's mm. got that NASCAR race in Chicago next weekend. It's going to take him some NASCAR this weekend as well, I believe. So there's a lot of people saying, well, is he going to leave? Is he off next year to chase the American thing? But he said in the press uh, in the last 24 hours here in Australia online, he's staying in supercars next year. After that, wait and see. But uh, he doesn't look like a happy camper. And I guess it doesn't help too that his young Aussie teammate, Brock Feeney, has now got on top of it. He's in front of him in the championship and won some races. But I think Shane's not perturbed by that so much. And as you said, he's still in the game. He's only 110 points off the championship lead. There's 300 available at every round of the championship. We're only five rounds in of 12. The big races at Sandown and Bathurst to come. He's still in this up to his eyeballs. No problem there. He's won the championship from fourth in the, the points at this stage of the year before. He's well in the mix, but you're right. 
the same Shane that we've seen in the last couple of years, for yeah. sure. Look, he's just been beaten to the punch and understanding the car by Brock a little bit more, hasn't he? I mean, Brock Feeney was average last year, getting to grips with being a full-time supercar driver, but in the last two rounds, he's come out and go, you know what, I deserve to be here and I can drive like I want to be a champion. Yeah, and, and when you're a young 20-something driver with uh, no pressure or minimal pressure, uh, it's amazing what it does. I mean, he was the top driver for points earned over the weekend, last weekend in Darwin, but Shane was second. So uh, he's not that far away, but he's <laughs> you know, certainly in a, a nice little patch of form at the moment. But that momentum doesn't stay forever. That swings back the other way. But at least now Red Bull, they've got two championship fighters. It's not all on Shane. Brock's proven that he can be up there and, and go with the best of them as well. So we've kind of got this triple eight Red Bull team uh, war against the Erebus Coca-Cola team, Brody Kostecki, Will Brown, two young guns. So the top three in the championship, Stephen, are all in their 20s. And I, I don't think that's happened. I haven't got the stats out for a little while to look this up, but I don't reckon that's happened, if ever, for a very, very long time. But it's a good thing, too, for the future of the sport. If you're trying to sell a sport that's, you know, running internal combustion engines, mate, you need young people to say, no, we still love this, and stop. don't even mention the word hybrid or electric, right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we need the new stars to, to come on through. I mean, you, you look at, we've probably got, uh, you know, Jamie Winkup retired. He's in the pit lane these days running the Red Bull team. Garth Pandit, he's in the TV broadcast team now. So a lot of those names that the general sports fan would know from over the years are no longer full-time. They're coming at Sandown and Bathurst to co-drive, uh, but that's only two weekends a year. But, yeah, we need the, the Will Browns and the Brock Feenies and, and these guys to, to step it up. And we saw a bit of a mix in Darwin too. Jack LeBrock has had a great season. He drives for Matt Stone, Jimmy Stone, the legendary Kiwi team owner's son. Uh, they had their first win as a team, which was fantastic. But then you have the old dog, Mark yeah. Winterbottom, who hasn't had a win since 20... That was 2,414 days <laughs> since his last supercars win. But there's life in the 40-plus-something drivers <laughs> as well. Because not only was he on the podium, Will Davison was on the podium as well. So there's still plenty of uh, experienced drivers there keen to take on the young guns. But the young guns are starting to emerge, and that's great for the future. Yeah, I, I, could, I could add a, a Kiwi twist. It was 2016 and Pukakaui Winterbottom's last win, but yeah. you, you, mentioned, yeah. you mentioned Will Davison, and that brings up one team that is just, I don't know where they are, and that's, that's Dick Johnson Racing. What is going on there, mate? And please, is it, is, it, is, it, is it a parity issue, or they just don't have it together right now? I think it's the latter, Stephen. I mean, the reality is, apart from Will Davison being on the podium in one of the races in Darwin, they've not even been the best Ford team. So you can't even really get into the parody chat to defend them because they've simply not been the best Ford team. They've been outpointed by, uh, on occasion, um, David Reynolds and the, the Grove team. Chaz Mostert is the best Ford driver in the championship and he's fifth in the point score. Cam Waters is seventh for Tickford. So they're not even the best of the Fords. So, but there's been some races where they have been just not a factor. And, and that team's gone through big change in the off-season uh, in terms of their ownership. Dick Johnson is still a partner in the team, but albeit a minority shareholder now. So it's different ownership, different management. Looks the same, but certainly the results uh, not even close. And we knew there would be drop-off once Roger Penske and Scott McLaughlin departed and, and the funding and all of the elements that came with that. But they've really sunk this year. But they're just starting to show some signs, particularly with Will Davison, of moving themselves back up. But they really need some results here to, 
to get going because it was a shocking start in Newcastle. Round one, they were way back in the pack getting lapped. It was really strange, but it looks like they're starting to just pop out through the trees and start to see some, uh, get on the edge of the forest, as it were, to just try to see where they're going. But they're, they're starting to see some signs. But Anton Di Pasquale's struggling. I mean, he's, he's 17th in the championship. Will Davison's ninth. Ford fans desperately want to know why that team's not performing. Let's see if we get some answers in the next few rounds because the parity trigger's been a hit. So there's going to be some tweaks to the cars before they race in Townsville in a couple of weeks' time. Do, do, you, do you think, though, the one word that you mentioned, or phrase, anyway, funding and, and the loss of Penske has something to do with it? Or are we talking more things just aren't right for the personalities in the group? Oh, without being on the inside of race teams, it's always yeah. hard to make comment on that. But but people talk, uh, mate. You know, knew. people talk. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, but look, they've got a very, they've retained a very solid group of people in terms of their engineers, their mechanics, their uh, middle management. It's the same guys who were there in the Penske era. So we always knew that once Roger and Scott and Fabian and all of the funding that and, and the know-how that connected back to America right. that sort of disappeared, that there would be some, you know, 2021, they were still competitive. Last year, Will Davis won some races. He got a lot of poles. There was always going to be that flow through that they would still remain a factor even once the Penske element departed. But this year, when you change all the cars, all the engines, mm. it's all new. They haven't been able to get it going again. But we're, we're starting to see a little bit of signs from them in Darwin. So let's see if they can keep that rolling in yeah. Townsville, which is a track that they've kind of gone historically well at. But the history means nothing now because the cars are completely different. So... Um, we'll wait and see, but I, I'm confident that they're going to be there or thereabouts as they start to emerge. But they've got to get on top of all the other Fords before they worry about getting on top of the whole field anyway. How safe is Nick Perkett at Walkinshaw Andretti? Because last year he was average, this year nowhere. Yeah, it's the big question. And probably the biggest element of the silly season, Stephen, for next year. He's a part of it, but he's not the central figure because the central figure is clearly... Cameron Waters. So he drives the Monster Mustang for the Tickford team. He's been a really competitive guy last few years. He's been runner-up in the championship. He's been on the podium at Bathurst. He's done everything but win Bathurst in the championship. And Tickford are of the understanding, their public comment, and they haven't made much of it, but as they feel they've got him on a deal, they've taken up his option. He's sort of seeming like what's coming out from him in the last few weeks and months is that maybe that's not the case. And the reports are clear that if there's anyone out there keen, it's Walkinshaw and Dreddy United to grab him. And that would mean Nick Perkett would be, would be out of a seat. So should that, however, the machinations roll, that Cam Waters does leave Tickford and does go to Walkinshaw and Dreddy United, and he's reunited then with Chaz Mostert because they were teammates at Tickford and <laughs> famously have run into another a yeah. couple of times. That's why you're giggling. I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> um, so, so does Nick Perkett maybe find a home at Tickford? Does he do a straight swap to find a swap? But as you said, he had a really bad season last year. He made the big decision to leave Brad Jones Racing where he had a very comfortable, strong environment, maybe not a championship challenging environment and team and car, but one that could win a few races here and there and be a regular top five, top seven runner. And the wheels fell off the minute he went to the Walkinshaw team last year. And right now, looking at the championship point score, he's 23rd. Chaz Mostert's fifth in the same team and in the same cars. So um, we have seen a little bit of an upsurge from Nick in his qualifying form, but I've got to say that if, if WA you're out there looking to potentially grab Cam Waters yeah. and they don't get Cam Waters, 
is Nick Perkett still safe? He might not be. They've got a, a young Kiwi, Ryan Wood, who's racing for Walkinshaws in Super 2 this year. He's done two rounds, and he's come out and won his second round in the two races in Perth a while back. So is he an option? Do they lease him out? Do they put him somewhere else to get him experience? I'd be a bit nervous if I was Nick Perkett right now with all these possibilities because it looks like it's out of his hands as to what happens with him for next year. So, so because I was going to throw the, the wild card in there, potentially Grove, they've said they like David Reynolds. He brings Penwright money. Uh, would that be an option for Perkett potentially? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think Groves were certainly interested from my sources in looking at Cam Waters if he was available okay, for next right. year. But I, I think they've gone away from the possibility of Cam. And I, I think there wouldn't be a real reason to change their... Um, Dave Reynolds is 10th in the championship. He's had a couple of weak rounds, but he had some good rounds to start the year. So um, I, I couldn't see that being a, a potential place for Perkett. I, I think that it's either Walkinshaw's keeping or he's going to have to find a life raft somewhere else, which is it's amazing <laughs> how the wheels turn. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, he was we would have even dreamt that he would be in this situation. He was a solid runner with the, the Brad Jones team driving that number eight car. That, by the way, Andre Heimgartner is doing a beautiful job in. He's Thank you. The championship. He's been on the podium in the last couple of races, starting to really click there. Brad Jones is, is thrilled with him and, and the leadership that he's brought to that team. And, you know, knowing Andre over the years, I mean, he's always been a quiet sort of guy. Um, so I would have never really thought of him as a team leader. But his growth has been really fantastic. The last 18 to 24 months, it's been really impressive. And, I mean, he's sixth in the championship. He's 103 points off Chas Mostert. He's 282 off Brody Kostecki. If he keeps it flowing, he has a good solid Sandown and Bathurst. You know, top three, top four in the championship is is absolutely up for grabs for him. Okay, a couple of thoughts before I let you go, because I know you're a busy man and has been busy. Uh, why does Brad still keep McCauley in the team? Because he just he wrecks more cars than I know, and thankfully there's there's been no wrecks this year, but he must have cost his father a lot of money last year. And is Jack Smith going to last in supercars? Oh, I think the, the scenario to, to deal with those, that's an interesting one, isn't it? But... You've got a situation where this thing costs a lot of money to go car racing. So Jack Smith um, is in a position where his family has a charter, which is kind of like what the franchise used to yes, be in, yeah. in supercars. So uh, that helps bring funding to put another car on the track. Without them, there's probably not another car on the track. Um, in the case of McCauley, he's been in the game full-time for a couple of years now. Um, and you're right, look, he's got comparative teammates to compare against with Andre, Bryce Fullwood's 12th in the points at the moment. McCauley did have a good weekend in Darwin. He needs to be paid credit for that. He was 11th on points overall. But he's 21st in the championship. He's been doing it for a while now. And I understand that there's people saying, well, why? Why? Don't forget, it's Brad Jones Racing. It's the Jones family team. He works in the business. He doesn't just drive the race car. And if there's sponsors willing to pay and if there's a team willing to put him in the car and it's it's, it's Brad's team. It's their decision. I mean, I understand that there's some people outside of it all who might say, well, why is he getting to have a run and why don't they put someone else in? It's Brad's team. It's yeah. the Jones family team. If it was Noonan Racing or McIver Racing, we're putting him <laughs> in who we want to. Well, I don't so, know. Not, not, if he's, it, not if he's bending my car everywhere, I wouldn't be happy, that which happened last year. So. Oh, hey, look, you, uh, I'm, I'm happy to have some bent cars if I'm getting some results. Exactly. Yeah, I understand the way people look at this and look at the result sheet, but the other thing, too, is it's not like rugby or cricket or... I mean, every race, there's one winner. I mean, every season, there's one champion. 
there's not a case where every week there might be nine rounds of football and there's nine different teams that have a win and then the next week four of those nine have had a win and then the other one, you know, everyone sort of gets a chance to do some winning during the year. This is a very different sport where um, a win for some people might not be a win with a trophy in position one. So it's a very different game, very different game. All right, what's the biggest, what's the next big scoop that you can hint towards that V8's loose going to throw at us? Oh, well, you must have one sitting scoop, waiting. You've got one. Oh, That's hence V8 sleuth, yes. <laughs> there's always something bubbling. You know what this sport's like. Yep. I know your listeners do too. Supercars is, you know, it's business during the week. It's sport on the track during the, the weekends as well. I mean, there's a few different questions raised in the air. I mean, let's see what's happening with the calendar next year. Can we get back to New Zealand? Can we find a, a deal? Can they get something in place? I desperately hope so. We desperately need to have the championship back over there with you guys and having a race, huge Kiwi element, drivers and, and people on teams and sponsors that you know go across the ditch as well. So that's hugely important. I think the other thing to look at too is here, not just the calendar, but silly season, the dominoes, we talked about it, Cam Waters, that's a big story yep. and that'll probably be resolved somewhere in the next couple of weeks. Wow. Of course, Townsville's the next actual race. So then the parity, what will supercars do with the cars to... To, to maybe bring one up or bring one back. We'll wait and see on how that all plays out. But there's always story. And then I guess the other element to all this is how does SVG go in Chicago? The whole of the pit lane and the paddock can't wait to see him take on those uh, NASCAR stock car regulars at a track that they've never run at before, at a street track that he won't be afraid of, in a car that he's not that familiar with. I think he's going to surprise so many of people. Course, of course he is, Aaron. If, if, of course he, he is. Absolutely. If, if it doesn't lead to people picking up the phone and asking about his future availability to do more one-offs or maybe something full-time or part-time in the future, I'll be pretty shocked. Yeah, and I, I was talking to Murph, who was over there on a boys' trip. They've been to Chicago, and all that he, they could say was, the track is square. Let's leave it at that one. Aaron, <laughs> you, you're a good man. I know I've taken up plenty of your time. Have a great weekend, and it's v8sleuth.com.au. Get amongst it, folks. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Stephen, mate. We'll chat to you soon. You will. Thanks very much. It's uh, one twenty-five on Afternoons with Staff.